Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater. And today I am joined by Ramzia, one of our coaches at Cut and Conquer. Hello, everyone. And today we are going to be chatting and talking about why exercise form and technique in the gym or wherever you are working out is always number one and how important it is to be performing exercises, not just properly, but properly for your body, your body structure, and in accordance to your goals, especially when it comes to hypertrophy, which is muscle growth and even weight loss. Okay. So first off, we probably see it all the time. And of course we're trainers, we're certified and we love seeing new people in the gym. However, I'm sure Ramsey agrees with me that (laughs) so often we see exercises being completely massacred in the gym. And it's unfortunate because those people could be having so much better results if they just adjusted their form and technique. It's unfortunate because those people work so hard and they're just not quite doing the movements properly for their bodies. Yeah, 100%. I definitely see that happening as well. And form is super, super important. Like even just, and I know we'll dive into this more, but like just for everyday life as well, And being aware of like our posture, which we'll dive into, but it really makes a huge difference in how we perform overall. Yeah. And I know for myself, I used to be that person who didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people when you get started at the gym. And first off, even if you're going to the gym, you're already on the right path. Like that's already a huge step in the right direction. Or if you're training at home, huge step in the right direction. If you are training at home, try to have a mirror so that you can watch yourself and kind of critique your form as you continue to learn. But one thing I wish I knew, and I can speak for our clients at Cut and Conquer too, is like I know so many people wish they knew proper form years previous because it will accelerate your progress like crazy, especially if you're someone who is struggling to grow certain areas. Like if you're struggling to grow your glutes, which is really common, or grow your shoulders or see muscle definition in your back a lot of the time is simply because the movement is not being performed properly or effectively for your body structure. And if you just keep doing it the same incorrect way, you're going to keep getting the same shitty results. Yeah. And I was like, I definitely used to do that. Like, and I know some people might relate as well, like hitting a plateau in your fitness journey. And this was me as well. Like this, like for so long, I could not see growth in my shoulders and my glutes actually specifically. Those two. Yeah. And like, I thought, okay, the solution was to train more. Like lift more. Yeah. Like lift more, get, get into the gym, like six days instead of my four days. 
And like, although those things, like not to say that those things won't get you to perform better. There's one aspect that I didn't take into consideration and it was my form and like more specifically my range of motion. And that's what's going to get you that like optimal muscle engagement. And of course it varies like for each exercise, but our mobility makes a huge difference in that, in the muscle engagement. Totally. And my muscle connection is very important. And that's not something that you'll just randomly turn on and have. Like you do have to practice it. You do have to work at it. I've found just with working with clients, some people have a more natural mind-muscle connection than others. Sometimes just due to like your background in sports or just your background in being able to engage certain parts of your body. And some people will be able to engage certain muscles easier, but you can learn it for almost every single muscle in your body. But it does take time. It does take practice. It's not like, oh, I work out now. I just have it. You really have to focus. You have to kind of know. You don't have to have an advanced like understanding of anatomy, but you have to know what exercises kind of hit each muscle, which is honestly very simple. And like this is something that we do teach our clients and talk about a lot at Cut and Conquer. And we have, well, of course, we have like descriptions of all of the workouts, descriptions of every exercise in our clients' plans. We have video demos for every exercise if they want to watch those. And then we have like the in-depth tutorials that like walk you through the setup, the execution, and how to perform exercises and change up exercises based on your body and what you're trying to do. Because you're not going to get optimal results if you're not performing the exercises correctly. Okay. So like the first and most important mindset shift we want you guys to have coming into this episode today is lifting heavier does not mean your muscles are going to grow more or grow better. And it does not mean you're going to have better results. And in fact, it can often have an adverse effect. And we're going to kind of explain why. Ramsey, did you have anything to add before we dive into that part? Yeah, I was just going to say like ego lifting. And I know this is huge because I used to do it as well, especially like when you're when you're in the gym and you just like see people and I and I understand like you get motivated and you like want to lift heavier. But it that's not always the case. And actually, like, which I know we'll get into, like slowing down the tempo and stuff is actually more beneficial for that muscle engagement again. But yeah. Yep. My my pet peeve, do you know what? But well, I have a lot of them, but <laughs> is this is specifically for trainers or fitness professionals. When someone posts a video of their exercises on social media, especially if they're a trainer, because if you're a trainer and you're doing this, you you should change industries. And they go, watch my reps. Don't mind the bad form. Don't mind the bad form. Like, are you (laughs) fucking kidding me? Wrong. (laughs) Every single exercise you do, every single rep should have good form. Whether you're doing one rep, 10 reps, 30 reps, 100 reps, your reps should look the same. Now, again, you may be changing the range of motion, which is more of an advanced technique that you would use if you're an intermediate to advanced lifter, meaning like at the end of a set, you might do a burnout set that's only half reps, or you might be doing one and a half reps, or you might be doing a limited range of motion for a specific reason. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean your form is bad. It's just a reduced range of motion. Yeah. Ever, ever in the history of ever, should you ever have bad form in the gym, unless you truly don't know better. 
Yeah. That weight that that is like being lifted just doesn't matter at that point. Like not only does it not matter, <laughs> it's taking you backwards. It's engaging muscles that you're not trying to engage. It's reinforcing incorrect movement patterns. You're risking injury and you're looking like an idiot. Yeah. Cause then you're over compensating by using other muscles. And this is another thing that I didn't know as well when I first started out in the gym and doing work, like actually doing like proper structured workouts was overcompensating using other muscles. And then you're not even like, like even doing like a bicep curl and like using momentum at that point, you're like, you're using your back and then you're not even getting that like optimal engagement in your bicep. That's just an example. But yeah, because then you start to compensate by using other muscles. Absolutely. And that happens a lot with trying to target your glutes as well. And the thing with with doing that, I don't even want to call it ego lifting, but like lifting too heavy for your body, mm-hmm. you get, like Ramsey was saying, you get in a habit of that incorrect movement pattern. So now you're so used to using your back or using your quads or using momentum or whatever it is that your body has compensated with that it, when you stop doing that, it's still really challenging to break that pattern. You have to reduce the weight even more, even more, even more to start to use your glutes or start to use your lateral delt or whatever kind of area you're trying to target because you've created this movement pattern for yourself that now you have to unlearn. So you're actually going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the most important thing, whether you're new to the gym or intermediate or advanced or whatever, is building a proper foundation of perfect form. Now, perfect form can and will look different for each person. However, it's possible to have perfect form. I know that I, like we always talk about progress over perfection. And yes, you want to aim for perfect form. But perfect form can be attained by every single person, although it may look slightly different. And I mean, depending on your mobility, your range of motion, your age, your history of injuries, like you might not be able to do the quote-unquote perfect squat. But you should be able, every single person should be able to do some squat variation. It's just going to look a little different, but you can still optimally execute that exercise for your body and your goals. Yeah, 100%. I was just going to emphasize like that, like my range of motion might be different than your range of motion, but I can still perform the same exercise properly. Yep. Yeah. So another tip on that to help you build that proper foundation is especially if you're someone who's not really seeing progress in the gym right now, or you feel like you're in that kind of plateaued area, is reduce the weight that you typically lift. Like actually lighten your weight. Now don't go so light that you don't feel anything, but if you're used to shoulder pressing 25s, drop down to even like 17.5, even 20 pounds, and like milk the shit out of those reps. You want every single rep from rep one to rep 15, no matter how many reps you're doing, if it's eight, if it's 10, 15, 20, whatever, every single rep should be challenging. And you want to generate that tension from inside your body. Because if you can make a 15 pound dumbbell feel like a hundred pounds, that is amazing. That's the goal because then you can get the absolute most out of that 15 pound dumbbell for several weeks or several months. And then you up it to a 17.5 or then a 20. And then you repeat that process. Yes, it's slow. And sure, if once in a while you want to throw in a heavier set to kind of see where you're at, that's cool. But if all of your sets, you're throwing weights up and down, you're using inertia, you're using momentum, you're having other muscles assist, your shoulders, speaking, like if we're talking about a shoulder press, they're not going to grow. Like they are seriously not because they're not getting enough tension. They're not getting enough mechanical tension on that muscle to cause the adaptation that's going to stimulate the muscle growth. Now, the frustrating thing for people who are natural 
athletes is a lot of people in the fitness industry are not natural. They are enhanced. And so it doesn't really matter if they train with proper form, as long as they kind of stimulate their muscles, they're going to see muscle growth. There was a study done, a group of guys took steroids. I'm not going to speak to exactly what it was, but they took steroids. They did not weight train. Another group of men trained three times per week. Naturally, the guys who didn't even work out grew more muscle over like a three-month period. So that goes to show what you're working with. So if you are a natural athlete, a natural lifter, a natural person, it is so important for you that you train properly and you train correctly because your results can be astronomical and they can be amazing. But it's so important that you train properly and you'll see people in the gym who are lifting way more or feel like they're doing way better than you. You cannot worry about them. You cannot care about them. What they're doing has no impact on your life unless you decide that it does. So you have to work smarter, not harder. Yeah, I love that. And actually, like one of our clients, Laura, has really been implementing this, like the slower, like slowing down the tempo, like slowing down that eccentric portion of the movement. So like the, the lengthening portion of the movement, she's really been like focusing on this and like every workout, she's like really slowing down the tempo, like feeling the burn. And when we say like feeling the tension in your muscle, like we're literally like, we literally mean burn. Like you are going to feel the burn by that like 10th rep, like your 11th rep, it is going to be burning. And even though it's like lighter than what you usually do, it's going to feel a lot more challenging. And that's that like increasing mind to muscle connection. And it, it is a challenge, but it, is going to feel so good afterwards. And then when you do decide to increase the weight, it'll feel easier. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I want to talk about that a little bit more towards the end as like some tips to actually get stronger as well. But I love that. And shout out to Laura. She like, I I want to train with Laura. Like I am a me too. She lives so far from me. She lives in America. Like, because I want, like if I could pick one client to work out with, I would pick her. <laughs> Seriously, like I know me too. Clients, but yeah, I would pick Laura. I feel like she's on the same wavelength with intensity. Yeah. Although I feel like I feel like Bella and Joan also like kick ass. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They're they're actually rock stars. Like I love to. I feel like I would be like, I'd be like dying. Like <laughs> they're like, didn't you guys build these workouts? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah. So building that foundation, getting your form set properly, and then like make that form become your normal. So when you first start lifting, like I remember when I first started lifting with what I called perfect form and it was frustrating because I actually couldn't lift as much as I was. And, um, it felt like I was going backwards for a little bit and I wanted to like break form so I could get the extra reps in that I wanted to, but just don't like put your ego aside and don't because you will see way more muscle growth and way better results. And I know that getting stronger and chasing like a heavier dumbbell or a heavier set or whatever is kind of motivating. And like, we want to do it, but what would you rather have? Be able to lift an extra five pounds or be able to grow a bit more muscle and look a bit better better and see that muscle definition, right? And if your muscles grow, they're going to inevitably get stronger anyways. Yeah, 100%. So... (laughs) foundation and then make it your autopilot stick to it do not veer from it from there next kind of step i would say is keep your tempo slow 
Is there a time and place for fast reps? Yes, there is. Fast reps aren't bad, but I would say slow, controlled, intentional reps are better than fast reps 99.9% of the time. If you can do something slow, you can do it fast. If you're bouncing through your reps and rushing them, chances are you're not getting the most out of them. There there may be a few select times where you want to rep them out fast, but not many times. Yeah. And and another thing to keep in mind with slowing down the tempo is using your entire range of motion for the specific exercise. Like again, it depends. Like in a squat, for example, you don't want to use all your range of motion. Like you don't want to go and like sit down like all the way in, in your squat if you want to keep the tension in your quads. But like using as much range of motion that you have, and again, that will be different for everyone and slowing down the tempo as well can really increase the hypertrophy and the strength in your muscles. Yeah. I agree and love all of those points. Yeah. I was going to say too, like we're, we're talking a lot about using a full range of motion. And I would say if you're someone who is either kind of a beginner or getting back into the swing of things or someone who's in a plateau and trying to kind of unlearn some bad habits, use your full range of motion like 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who is quite advanced and knows that that you have perfect form and like that's not many people, there's definitely like Ramvia touched on there, time and place to use a reduced range of motion. There's nothing wrong with doing that at certain times to keep the tension on your muscles in certain areas. So for example, like if I'm hitting, if I'm doing like a Smith machine quad focused squat, sometimes Mm -hmm. like I won't come up or down all the way. Like I'll rep in that middle three quarter range almost, but like, that's not the proper way to do a squat. That's like a variation, right? So that's why like, Yes, what we're saying is all good, but there is some gray area sometimes depending on various things. Yeah, because it depends. Again, it depends your level. Like, are you are you a beginner kind of like entering into this first time? Or again, like you said, you're getting back into the swing of things. Like for sure, you want to focus on your mobility and your flexibility, especially like, again, building that foundation from yeah. the start would be crucial. So it, yeah, it depends. Kind of a good rule of thumb, I guess would be like, if you can't properly execute 12 to 15 reps with a good quality range of motion and maintain that form, like don't mess with your range of motion yet. Like just Mm -hmm. master that. So we talked about tempo. So going slower, um, we talked about your foundation. Another thing that's going to be really important important in every aspect and every exercise and life is your posture. So particularly your upper body posture, but full body, a lot of us, if so right now, if you're listening to this podcast, just check your posture, like make sure your shoulders aren't rounded forward. Make sure they're not up by your ears, like shoulders down and back away from your ears. Keep your back engaged, especially people who have desk jobs or equipment operating jobs usually unfortunately have poor posture, but Posture can be pretty much 100% corrected just through proper training and proper exercise execution with resistance training. Yeah. And actually, like something that we notice in like my own like progress photos and like clients' progress photos is their posture. And I, and that is like literally, I find that so cool. And that's just from like 
really focusing on their training and the consistency and having the proper structure with their workouts, like you can literally see a difference in the progress photos. So like over time, it's actually crazy. Yeah. And that's a really good point because I think a lot of people, even I was going to say women, but people in general don't know how to hit all their muscles, right? Like specifically Mm -hmm. muscles in your back and in your like shoulder girdle area and how important those are for your posture. A lot of people also don't know how to engage their lats properly. So a lot of time they just kind of either rush through those movements or skip those movements or don't perform them. But then they have like rounded forward shoulders because they know how to do a front raise and they know how to do a shoulder press. and They know how to train like their chest or their front delts, but they don't even know that they're missing like really important muscle groups in their back. And just even like your in your rotator cuff and your rear delts and all those little muscles that are so important in your posture. But are you training those? Are you hitting those? Are you training those every week? Do you even know how to train them? Do you know that you're not doing them? Like that makes a really big difference, even just starting to hit those exercises effectively. Yeah, 100%. And that's part of the foundation as well, right? Like making sure you have the the right foundation with like form as well, but it's also like knowing what exercises to do. I mean, even when I first started out, like I was not training my like rear delts and Same. I thought your arms were just one arm, like an arm was yeah. like your rear delt, lateral delt, front delt, bicep, tricep. Like I thought that was all just one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know me too. Just like, like two big muscles, but yeah. So that, that's part of the foundation as well. And like, having like having us as your coach and us like providing you with that structure and and that workout routine um makes it a whole lot easier and then just focusing on your form yeah and everything is laid out for you like there's no questioning there's no guessing what to do and if you don't know how to do it like there's that's that's a question i get frequently when i'm talking with like potential clients they're like what if i don't know how to do the exercise like if you're like wanting an in-person trainer and it's like oh well like we do virtual training and they're like, what if I don't know how to do it? But like, we never have clients really be confused ever, ever, ever. Like mm-hmm. everything is so laid out and described in detail and simply put, there's no possible way. And we do have our clients also send us like exercise videos and we go over them. So again, in my opinion, I'm probably, I, I, I do think we're the best. So yeah, this is probably biased, but like <laughs> I've seen trainers in the gym I love Jeff at Mac Island. I think he's the best trainer in Fort McMurray, but I've seen other trainers in gyms and they do not know what they're doing. Their clients are performing things completely wrong, like not even close to right. And they're not correcting them. And I'm like, okay, that's what you get when you pay for a one hour session with someone in the gym. Yeah. Um, there are some good trainers in Fort Mac. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but there's also some really bad ones and some really bad ones in the world. I've seen them across the nation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. That's like a whole nother topic too. I mean, we already kind of touched on it with the whole like lifting with the bad form videos, like on social media, <laughs> like that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So we talked about range of motion, posture, again, even lower body posture. Like a lot of women have like an anterior pelvic tilt, which is challenging to fix. It's probably one of the more challenging things, but doing exercises is actually going to help with that and doing them properly and working on your hip hinge and working on your, your core strength as well is it's going to be key. And again, it just takes time and consistency with the right movements. Yeah. And 
another thing to add on to all of this is that it'll lower your risk of injury. Like I know this is like another huge topic. Like one of, I think one of the main important reasons for having proper form is it's like injury risk prevention and that building these habits with form can eventually correct like any of the bad habits that you were doing, but also just like decrease your risk of injury. Cause I know that's like huge as well. And especially with back as well. Like I there's, I feel like I hear more like lower back pain and that can like easily be corrected with just fixing your form. Um, and like engaging your core, like for example, but yeah. Totally. A big, big thing I see with squats and by squats, I mean any squat movement, like squats, lunges, split squats, et cetera. Please, please. If you ever do squats or squat movements, please pay attention to this. Is your ankles, your feet caving in or being uneven, right? So whenever you go to do to perform any exercise, like set it up properly. Because if you set it up wrong from the get-go, you're screwed. You've already wrecked the exercise. Like you're already out of alignment. So like mm-hmm. when you set up to do a squat, like make sure your feet are positioned properly. Make sure they're locked to the floor. If you're using a barbell, make sure it's centered. Like so many people, they look, I look at them and their feet are completely not even. Like, yeah, like not like non-intentionally, not even the barbell isn't straight. They pick it up. It's crooked on their back. Their hips are out of alignment. And I'm like, please don't do that with weight on the bar. They drop to the floor. There's no control. And they bounce back up. And I see their ankles like, and then back. And I'm like, man, oh man, you're going to break yourself. Yeah. I know. I know. Honestly, like the, I would say my number one tip almost for any exercise is to look from like start with the feet going up. Like go like shoulder, like most exercises are shoulder width apart. Obviously depends if you're doing like a different like squat variation. But like making sure that first your feet are in alignment, then knees over toes, like knees over your ankles. And then hips also yeah like hips should be aligned with your knees and then your ankles. So just I think my biggest tip would just be start from the bottom, like making sure that your feet are in the right spot and then your knees will follow and then your hips will follow. And then, yeah, with the, with the barbell, that's like kind of like off balance. Like that's a huge one because then you start like creating muscle imbalances and then you overcompensate. So just like making sure that everything is in alignment before you start. Cause even me, I'm like, I'm constantly like moving my feet and like adjusting like before I like get into a squat or anything, just making sure that that is number one and then moving into your slow movement of the, of the exercise. And all of your reps should look the same. They shouldn't get sloppy because you get tired, right? You keep your form perfect until your reps are done. Yes. Yeah. You're probably going to get more challenging and you might slow down because you're struggling more. But, but that's like, good. It should not break form. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good that it that it feels challenging. And that's how it that's how it should be. And and 
if you are like, I feel like if you are feeling it, especially by that like eight to like eight to 10 rep range, like, you know, you're doing it properly. Like, you know, you're putting in the work. And even if it's like a lighter weight than usual, I feel like that's still, that's still good too. Yep. Absolutely. So kind of like, like my formula that I use, and if you're my client, we've probably talked about this, but the kind of formula that I use for every exercise, like literally every exercise, there's one, two, three, four, five, there's five steps. So it's the first step is set up. Like Ramsey and I just talked about like set up your feet, set up the bench, set up your body, make sure your posture is right. Like make sure everything is set up properly. If you just start doing something without thinking about it, not a good start. No. From setting up, then you go to stabilize. You need to stabilize. That is like a key principle of muscle growth is stability. That's why you couldn't grow muscle very well if you were like working out on a skating rink. There's no stability. You're going to be slipping and sliding everywhere. Make sure your feet are locked down. Make sure your back, if you're doing a chest press, make sure your back is locked down to the bench. Make sure the barbell is stabilized on your back. Make sure your feet are stabilized on the leg press. If you're doing a hamstring curl or a, a leg extension or whatever, like you're locked into the machine. So make sure you are stable. If you're doing something like a bicep curl or an arm exercise, I'd like to really lock down my lats and just stabilize my trunk, stabilize everything. From there, initiate. Most people just throw the weight or push the weight. Initiate it with the muscle you're trying to work. If you're doing a chest press, don't just push the weight up. Use your pec, engage it, and move the weight intentionally. If you're doing a leg extension, think about extending the knee joint, moving it with control. If you're doing a lateral raise, hitting your lateral shoulder, the side of your shoulder, lift the the weight with the lateral shoulder. Don't just pulling it up because you're probably not going to use your lateral deltoid. So initiate with the target muscle and then contract it. That's what you're doing in the gym is you're contracting your muscles. You're shortening them. You're lengthening them. So don't just rush through the movement. You're at the gym anyways. Contract your muscles fucking hard. Like it should hurt. You want it to hurt. You want to squeeze them. You want to shorten them all the way. And then you want to lengthen them to your desired range of motion mm-hmm. and then control. Like we talked about at the very beginning, control the tempo. You don't want to fall into a squat. You don't want to drop your ass down to the floor. You don't want to bounce out of it. You don't want to drop the weights to your chest and fling them back up, like control every inch of that movement. Feel the burn, embrace the burn. I love saying that. Yeah. A few particular muscle groups that I find for me, and I know everyone is a bit different and genetics will come into play here, but I find that these three grow more effectively with lighter weight, higher reps for me. And that's shoulders, glutes, and back. So I train fairly light when I'm training my shoulders, especially isolated shoulder movements, like trying to train my front rear lateral delts, as well as my glutes. Even with a hip thrust, I don't do hip thrusts heavy. I think personally for me, it's stupid. I don't feel it as much as when I do them moderately light for higher reps. Me too. And back. I train my back pretty light with high reps because even if I use straps, if I pull too heavy of weight with my back, I lose it. So mm-hmm. I train lighter to moderate weight, higher reps for shoulders, glutes, and back. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially with glutes as well for me. Like, and I, and I, like, and it depends, like, obviously it depends like your fitness level and how long you've been training. But like, even for me, I don't 
I'm not like slapping on like three plates, like, like per side. I'm not saying that's like wrong or bad, but just really focusing on like using all of my range of motion and then like contracting at the top. Like when you're squeezing your glutes, like I, I, I love that, mm-hmm. especially for like hip thrust. Yeah. So that's a big one for me too. Yeah. For me, I do train heavier on, now this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive, but my leg extensions, my leg curls, like when I'm doing my quads, my hamstrings, I do those very heavy. Um, And I think for me, it's more of a personal thing because I had a back injury that I still have that I've been battling for a very long time. So I didn't hurt it in the gym. I, I literally just fell and it hurt my back, but I can't squat nearly as heavy as I used to. So it's almost pointless for me to do squats because my, my trunk can't hold the weight that my legs can hold and neither can my arms. So Mm -hmm. even doing like a walking lunge or a barbell squat or a dumbbell squat, my back, it's not even my back, it's my rib cage, but like my trunk gives out so much faster than my legs ever would. So like I can leg press a lot of weight and I can hamstring curl a lot of weight and I can leg curl or leg extend. I call them quad extensions. I know they're not quad extensions, but I call them that yeah. like a ton of weight, but I don't squat heavy anymore. And it's, it's honestly just a fear of re-injury, but I yeah. personally, that's how I train now. And I enjoy it because it makes me feel like I'm not going to injure my back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing too, right? Like enjoyment as well. Like, you know, what makes you feel good? Like really and like this is something that Lara like mentioned as well like actually like like looking at yourself in the mirror and like slowing down that tempo like mm-hmm. and seeing your muscles and en- like engaged makes a huge difference to you know that mind mind to muscle connection mm-hmm. but i totally feel you on the squats cuz i like i i've told you that i basically have like osteoarthritis in my knee yeah. this, is, this is this is very like no one actually like knows about this like i never like I don't really talk about it much. And I know like none of the clients know, but, and I'm pretty young. Like this is very, it's rare. Mm -hmm. And so I can't like, I'm not supposed to squat heavy. Not that I ever did. Like I never like would go for one rep maxes, like in any of, of my exercises, but I should kind of stay away from like squatting heavy and going into in-depth, like, like, Going to that full flexion is is what like bothers my knee a lot. So I can't actually like use all my range of motion. But so yeah, I know that's kind of something that I have to be careful of as well. And that's like a whole nother like topic. But yeah. That's why what you it's so individualized, right? Because yeah. most people, especially like your age, they're not gonna have that issue. Um, yeah. But someone might have broke their hip or something. So everyone's body is going to be different in what they can handle and what they can do and what they should do and shouldn't do at different points. Right. Yeah. And there's still like, there's modifications. Like this is something that I have to remind myself as well, because I I know that I could get like, like feel restricted or like feel limited, like, oh my gosh. But like, I even said this to myself, like, what if I can't compete? Cause like, I've wanted to do like bikini bodybuilding and I'm like, wait, but like, what if I like, I'm not able to like, you know, build my 
quads properly because I can't like squat heavy, but there's literally so many exercises that I could do to still get that same like muscle engagement and for growth too. There are modifications, there there's just so many things that we can try. Mm-hmm. And it's just about being willing and and the fact that we're there, we're doing the workouts mm-hmm. uh means like we said in the beginning, like we're in the we're in the right we're going in the right direction. We've already made that first step. So um yeah. Here's another controversial opinion that I have. Now, this isn't a black and white statement opinion. This is just an anecdotal opinion based on, again, it's going to be different for each person, but a lot of people, even intelligent fitness professionals will say, and I I totally see their perspective as well, like compound movements for muscle growth. And Mm. I guess like, that's more what they're saying is like compound movements are king for muscle growth. And I totally get that. And I get why. However, I kind of think it's backwards. Like I actually think it makes more sense for certain people to train more compound lifts, compound lifts, meaning like multi-joint, multi-muscle exercises, like a squat when you're cutting and more isolation and unilateral movements when you're building. Because yes, with a squat, you're recruiting so many different areas and muscles and like a bench press and a row and et cetera. You're using lots of different joints and movement patterns. But like to me, it almost makes more sense to isolate the target muscle in itself, in its entirety with a like single leg or single arm when you're trying to build it, because that's not going to generate the output that a squat would. And when you're training for a cut, you want that big output. You want to be burning more in the gym when you're building and bulking, you want to be in a surplus so it's not going to matter as much if you burn X amount of calories in your training because it's not the goal of your training. Your goal is to get as much tension on your muscles as possible so that they grow. Exactly. That's yeah. how I train when I'm building versus when I'm cutting. Do I do compound isolation movements all the time? Yes. I focus more on the isolation when I'm building and more on the compound when I'm cutting. Yeah, that definitely makes sense because then like during the isolation exercises, you're specifically focusing on that like one muscle on that like one or two like muscles depending on what it is but whereas in a compound you're using multiple muscles and you're compensating with like all of them so like yeah i totally agree with what you're saying because then in an isolation you can just focus on like the tension of that muscle and the weight like the weight the the tempo the range of motion. But then if you're doing like compound, like a squat, you have to, you have to think about like all the muscles that you're using. Yeah. And they're all different sizes, right. Too, like their fibers are different. So that's something to consider as well. And there's a time and place for both. And that's kind of like, I'm sure you've probably noticed this, or maybe you've indirectly noticed it, but like, for example, the lean queen program, that's our weight loss program. Yeah. There's a lot of compound movements. In compound. That. Yeah. So people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was doing like, I was focusing on muscle building. I'm like, mm, you're not yet. Like, and again, your nutrition is going to dictate completely whether you build muscle or you don't really. Yeah. But like the lean queen program has a lot of compound movements. It has a lot of supersets where you're working different body parts because the goal of that program is weight loss. So we want to have high output in your training. Whereas in our muscle majesty program, which is our more muscle growth hypertrophy oriented program, 
it's a lot more supersets where you are training like the lengthened position of the muscle and then the shortened or vice versa, or you're doing um, really isolated movements or even really high volume movements to get a ton of tension and stress on your muscles. And we kind of have like the booty queen, which is kind of like a mixture of the two, but that's like the big difference between those, those kind of programs is the weight loss program that's in the academy is more output focused, whereas the muscle majesty one is more really hypertrophy focused when it comes to isolation. There's definitely compound movements in there hundred percent, but just a little bit of info there. <laughs> yeah. Nutrition definitely plays like a huge role in that. Like, of course, like you can, like you can still lose weight and like burn fat on muscle majesty, like depending on what your exactly. nutrition is. Yeah. And like vice versa with, with the lean queen, but yeah, no, those programs are awesome. Like it's already there. Mm -hmm. It's built, it's done. All you got to do is show up and do it. Yeah. Agree. Well, I think we covered all the main Mm -hmm. things I really wanted to dive into. Hopefully this was helpful. Again, form is number one, you guys above everything in the gym. And then make sure you're eating properly. Make sure you're eating in accordance to your goals because you can even implement everything Ramsey and I just talked about. But if you're not eating properly, it's not going to help you. And sleep as well. Yes. <laughs> Check out our sleep podcast. Man, <laughs> sleep is my life now. I never thought I would be this person. I used to literally sacrifice sleep and sleep two to three hours a night. Literally. Yeah. Now I'm like, I need eight to 10 hours. Can I get that? Like, let's make it up. No, so essential, like for everything, everyday life, but especially for fitness goals, any fitness goal, you want to gain muscle mass and you want to lose weight. Sleep is so, so important, but we dive into that in our sleep podcast. So, which is, we did that like not too long ago. So I think it's like a few back. Yeah. And I think um, it's episode one, 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 I think it's one eleven. Ooh, one, one, one. I think so. Or that might be the, the time management one, actually. One of the ones we did was triple one because I remember finding it. Yeah, it was pretty recent, but we dive into the importance of sleep and some tips as well to help improve your sleep quality because that matters more than duration. Like, of course, like your duration, like you do want to get like whatever, like seven to nine or like six to nine hours, but the quality of your sleep is what matters most. Absolutely. And it's episode 115. 115. All right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you got value, let us know. We'd love to know who is listening. You can find us on Instagram at Nifina and Ramsia. What are you? Who are you? Fit. Fit W (laughs) Ramsia. So fit with Ramsia. All right. See you guys in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.